I'm Edward Sree, and welcome to All Things Catholic, where real faith meets real life. Well, here we are. Lent is upon us, and I'm so excited Lent is here. Now, I want to be clear. There's parts of me that are like, oh, no, here comes Lent, and there's all this stuff I got to give up. Do you ever notice that as soon as you give up something, all of a sudden you realize how much you crave it? (laughs) Uh, As soon as you say, I'm not going to do this in Lent, it's like, oh, I really want to do this now. And uh, it's, it's just the way Lent is. But I also know it's really good for you. It's good for us. I know I need Lent. I'm reminded of something Pope Francis once said about Lent. He said this, quote, Lent comes providentially to reawaken us and to shake us from our lethargy. I love that quote. Think about that again. Lent comes providentially. It means something, it's something God is providing for us. It's a gift from him. What a wonderful gift that the church gives us each year, that, that we come to the season of the year where we can be refocused. You know how you're, you're, you're pursuing the Christian life and you can kind of just get a little lukewarm, a little bit stagnant. And it's just great that there's this chance to reboot, to get restarted, to get to root out those areas of weakness and, and really recommit ourselves to Jesus. It's a wonderful thing. I know that there's areas in my spiritual life that need to be reawakened, as Pope Francis says. I know there's areas in my living that just are becoming a little bit lethargic. You know, it's not all bad, but I'm just not on the top of my game. I'm not giving the best of myself in my relationship with my spouse or my kids or my work or my God. There's areas I just know need a little bit of fine tuning. What a wonderful gift Lent is for us. Now, I'm going to say something that might be surprising here. Uh, I want to talk to you about what I like to call the romance of Lent. The romance of Lent. Now, some of you are going, Lent and romance? Those are not two words I normally put together in my head. Uh, and, And let's be honest, many people would say Lent brings to mind drudgery, sacrifice, and slogging through the dreary days of February and March without our favorite treats. What's romantic about that? I mean, yeah, we know Lent's supposed to be something good for us. We should give up something. But wow, Lent for many of us feels like one big, long no. (laughs) But I would suggest the essence of Lent is really all about love. It's about love. It's about creating space in our hearts to hear God's voice more. Uh, It's about rekindling our devotion to the Lord, encountering his love more in our life, and and letting him draw us closer to him and to our neighbor. Uh, This is what Lent's all about. And I want to turn to the three main practices of Lent. Do you know what those are? Do you know the three foundational practices of Lent? These are so important that as you are doing your Lenten plan, what are you going to do this Lent? What are your devotions going to be? You really want to make sure you're thinking about these three things. This should be your framework uh, for every Catholic should be thinking about these three basic practices. These are so important that Jesus singles out these three uh, primary pious practices right smack dab in the center of the Sermon on the Mount. We hear about this on, on Ash Wednesday. It's alluded to here. What are those three practices? Fasting, prayer, and almsgiving. I want to talk about those three things with you, but I don't want to talk about them as just things you have to do and check off a box. Okay, I did this. No, I want you to think of these as expressions of love because when when Jesus summed up what the Christian life is all about. When somebody asked him, what's the greatest commandment, Jesus? Do you know what he said? He talked about loving God in three ways that relate to these three practices of Lent. 
What are those three ways we're supposed to love God? We're called to love God with all our heart, with all our soul, and with all our strength. Did you know that prayer, fasting, and almsgiving relate to those three ways we're called to love God? Did you know that? We're called to love God with all our heart. We're called to love him with all our soul, all our strength. Let's think about that. So we love God with all our soul. When I'm loving God with all my soul, that relates to fasting. I fast from the pleasures of this world, not because they're bad, but because I want to make more room, more space in my soul for God. If I focus on bodily pleasure, you know, my appetites, sexual appetite, appetite for food, appetite for drink, then I'm focused on my body and there's not as much space in my soul to encounter God. I want to make more room for God in my soul. That's what fasting does. And when I do that, when I make that space in my soul for God, then I can begin to love him more in my heart. That's prayer. So I fast, I give up things, but then I want to fill that that extra space in my soul now. I want to fill it with good things, with scripture, with the saints, with extra time in the chapel and adoration, time in prayer, so I can love God with all my heart. Now, if I've created that space of my soul, so then I can love God with all my heart, then I'm going to go outward and love him with all my strength. What is this all about? This is related to almsgiving. When we give from our strength, in other words, those of us that are blessed with financial resources, good health, good positions in society, whatever that might be, when we give from our strength, we give from our abundance to serve those in need, the poor, the sick, the suffering. We are loving Jesus in the poor by sharing from our strength. So did you ever know that, that that command, love God with all your heart, with all your soul, with all your strength, relates to prayer, fasting, and almsgiving? That's what Lent's all about. So we can grow in this love for Jesus in these three ways. So as you're thinking about your Lenten plan, really think about doing one one devotion, one sacrifice, at least in each of these areas. I want to give a little more attention, though, to that first one, that that aspect of fasting. I want to talk a little bit about fasting because many times we think of this as just about, you know, I'm I'm giving up something. But I, I want to share with you how the Bible, when the Bible talks about fasting, it talks about fasting sometimes when somebody's repenting. They're repenting of a sin. And so they'll they'll do a fast. So maybe in your life, when you give up something this Lent, you're giving up chocolate, maybe you're giving up some show, you're giving up your favorite sport, whatever it might be, whatever you're giving up in fasting, uh, maybe you could think about, you know, Lord, I want to, as I, as I do this fast, I, I want to remember, you know, I offer this up for my sins. Or maybe there's a specific sin, you know, that you have struggled with in the past or you're struggling with right now. It could be a great uh, gift of, of, of expressing your repentance to God. So don't just give up your chocolate or give up your favorite drink or your favorite Netflix show. Uh, attach it to something. Now, offer it up as an act of repentance, of sorrow for your sins. The second thing the Bible does is it, it relates fasting to, to a petition. So maybe there's a, something that you have a great need for in your life, or maybe uh, there's someone you know, someone you love that's going through great difficulty and suffering right now. Don't just waste your fasting in Lent. 
Offer your fasting up for a specific petition. Say, God, please help me in this area of my life. So I'm going to fast. I'm offering it up for this. Or I'm offering it up for my brother who's going through a really difficult time. Or I'm offering this up for uh, my coworker who is really sick right now. Make your fast have some value and attach it with love to a specific petition for someone or for something. Uh, The Bible also talks about fasting in relationship to seeking God's will. Uh, where someone's discerning something and they, they'll do a fast in order to seek God's will. So maybe you have a big decision in your life and you want to ask God, I need some guidance, Lord. Help me to know, is, am I on the right path? Which direction should I go? Offer your fasting for that. That's another thing you could do. Uh, the catechism brings out another layer of fasting, you know, in addition to repentance and petition and seeking God's will. It strengthens our will. It strengthens us so we can grow in self-control. The idea is when I make a little sacrifice, I give up something, then it helps me to be able to, to make bigger sacrifices when I need to. So if I give up, again, my favorite treat or my favorite drink, my favorite show, I'm saying no to a small thing so that when I have to make a more heroic gift to myself to serve my spouse or my kids or my community or do something that's, you know, faith to be faithful to God, it's going to involve a lot of suffering on my end. I might be, it might be scared of that. It might be really hard for me, but fasting helps me to strengthen my will so I can make bigger sacrifices and make bigger gifts of myself to the Lord. Uh, one last thing about fasting is this. I think about what Jesus says when he's out in the desert, he's doing his 40-day fast, remember that? And the devil tempts him. And the devil says, change these stones into bread. And Jesus comes back and says to the devil, man does not live by bread alone. I think that reminds us that, you know, as much as we do have hunger for bread and for drink and for sex, and for entertainment, and for money, and all these things, and none of those things are bad in and of themselves— we, we want to make sure we have fasting as a part of our life because when we abstain a little bit from those enjoyments of this world, we can come into contact with a deeper hunger on our soul. Here I think about St. John of the Cross. He once said that the soul has deep caverns which only the infinite God can fill. So we're made for God. And if we just feed our stomachs whenever we're, we have the slightest bit of hunger, we just have to fill our stomachs, get a snack, you know, or I'm just constantly busying myself with lots of activity, just busy, busy, busy all the time. I don't have any quiet space in my life. Or I'm constantly amusing myself on a screen at every spare moment. I'm in an elevator. I'm waiting at a checkout line. I've got to pull out my phone and just I'm just constantly clicking. And uh, there's not much space in my life to be in touch with those deep desires God has placed on my soul, which are for Him. They're for Him. You know, uh, we're constantly distracted from our heart's deepest longings, which are for God. And, and food, drink, activity, entertainment, these things aren't bad, but they can't fill us. No matter how much good food we eat, no matter how much money we make, no matter how many likes we receive, or no matter how much sexual pleasure we have, we're always going to be constantly looking for something more. One more bite, one more drink, one more click will not give us the fulfillment we seek. John the Cross says, look, anything less than the infinite fails to fill those deep caverns in our soul. So let's use this Lent to not just make a fast, oh, I gave something up, 
But let's remember, you know, let's just offer that up for a certain petition to seek God's will, to grow in self-control. But first and foremost, let's make sure we're always remembering how we're doing this in order to be more in touch, more in contact with the deep caverns of our soul, the infinite desires that are there, those desires which are only for God. And that's why I think really, you know, Lent, really go out of the box here. Don't think of just giving up your favorite treat or drink or food. Uh, Think about something that is very much in the Catholic tradition. There's an ancient hymn, a Lenten hymn, that talked about giving up more than just food, but maybe, you know, not speaking as much, giving up sleep, giving up amusements, um, custody of the senses, lots of different things we could be thinking about. Uh, I I, am especially thinking in our media-saturated age. You know, this is a wonderful thing to do to say, you know what, instead of always having, you know, serious XM on when I'm driving home, I'm just going to, I'm going to turn off the radio when I'm driving home, or uh, I'm going to sit in silence for a bit, or I'm going to not look at computer screens after dinner, uh, or maybe after I put the kids down. At some point, I put some limit on it, and then notice, notice if you like, say in the evening hours, I'm not going to look at screens, then what might happen is you might have a little more space to, to hear the voice of God in your life. Or you might actually get this, you might talk to your spouse a little more. You might actually be more present to your kids or to your roommate or to your friends. Uh, it's a wonderful thing. So think about maybe there's a way you can do not just fasting of physical food, but maybe some kind of fasting from screens that could create that space to encounter Jesus more. If this has been helpful for you, I ask, please share this with anyone else that you want to help them to get off to a good start and Lent. Remember those three practices, fasting, prayer, and almsgiving. May that be a framework for your Lenten devotions this season. And if you have any questions about Lent, about the Catholic faith, about the Bible, Mary, anything, uh, please send them my way. I'm going to be doing an episode later in 2018, a Q&A episode from the listeners. So you can reach out to me on Facebook and Twitter or you can reach me on my website, that is edwardsree.com. Thanks so much, and may God bless your day.